You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shock blew up. So yeah, so you got offered some drugs. Hey, Caitlin. Chris, how are you? Good. You were in D.C. watching tennis. I was in D.C. watching qualifying and practicing of tennis, uh, and it was pretty great. Uh, And what was so great? I used to go to the City Open all the time because I lived in D.C., and at the time it was a men's only tournament. And I think it was always a a pretty well-established men's tournament. Like I remember seeing Isner and Haas and like a few big ticket names. And then even before that, I never went to the tournament during the 90s, but like Agassi and Sampras and like Michael Chang and Malave Washington. Remember Malave Washington? I do. Yeah. Yeah, he was what good. A handsome dude. He was really good. Yeah. They used to play it on the regular. So it was always like a pretty well-known men's tournament. But in recent years, in like the last four years, they've added a women's event. So now it's both which just kind of gave it some heft yeah. in a way that was cool. And you could feel the difference. I hadn't been back in about three or four years, and it was a distinctly different vibe. That's like It's like a legit stop on the tour now, all the way around. It's fun. Another yeah, part of the American it, summer. Yeah. A big part of the American summer, which is generally not my favorite part of the tournament uh-huh. calendar year, honestly, right. just because I don't like love hard courts. And it's, it's like a little difficult for me anyway to get pumped about like Cincinnati. But um, <laughs> wow. Sorry. Okay. I, I know. I know. I can't. I can't miss an opportunity to shit on Cincinnati. I'm so sorry. Even though we had those amazing stories about how they all eat at what was it? The Ruby Tuesdays? TJIFs? It's amazing. Yeah. I know. We even had like emotional breakthroughs. It's like when you have an emotional breakthrough with someone in a relationship and then you like immediately you're like, ah, I just got carried away in the moment. I don't, I still haven't changed my mind. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Anyway, city open, we were maybe going to do an event and then we ended up getting asked to do a smaller event, but it got rained out, but I went anyway cause it was fun. And, um, the, the woman who's running the tournament, it's, she's, not only um, one of the few women in tournament director status, I think she's the youngest. She started as an intern. Her name's Keely O'Brien. And she has like basically taken names after kicking a lot of asses in the last decade <laughs> and runs this thing and got a really great field. Like Zverev's there, Team's there, Halep is there, Mladenovic is there. Um, and Kyrgios was walking by me the other day with his big cans on looking you know, as like cool and defiant as you'd expect. So it was just like, oh, cool. This is like, this is great to see this many really good players here. Um, Sloan Stevens played a match today against Halep, actually ended up losing. Um, but like, that's a pretty gangbusters first round matchup. And, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, it was fun. So super pumped. Apparently one of the reasons she's done so well in putting this tournament together is facilities and all the kind of like player perks and good hotels and stuff that makes them happy to play it. It's also at the beginning, so they're eager to get some hard court matches in because yeah. I guess everybody's basically been on vacation. And then um, lastly, she's got like good taste in players, so she gets a lot of like kind of fan favorite types. Um, and it kind of seems to be all gelling. So it was fun to be down there. I was sad I couldn't stay longer, obviously, but, uh, you know, yeah, nice to have something good in our backyard. So D.C. is underway now. Then they go up to my home and native land. Well, not my home, but my native land of Canada for uh-huh. the Cooper J slash Rogers Cup. And then after that, they're in Cincinnati. And then the women are in Connecticut. And I don't know where the guys are, but after that, U.S. Open. So that's the U.S. Open series uh, where we now find ourselves yes. uh, underway. And, uh, and then uh, I watched uh, the semis in the final uh, of Atlanta where John Isner got to the final for the seventh time 
Absolutely. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. That's his French Open. Uh, and also, just, he, it just, he really. La Decima is lurking. Yeah, he really, like, he played Zverev, not the young one, um, and just totally destroyed him. Like, he played amazing. Like, when John Isner's putting away short balls, he's like, like a top 10 player. <laughs> like, when yeah. he's not making errors on those, he's amazing. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because these Americans really are super suited to the surface. I mean, he played Ryan Harrison in the final, who's another, like, yeah. dude I don't particularly like. But, like, you see these American Coco Vandaway is playing right now, Bank of the West Classic. Like, um, even though Sloan kind of wilted against Halep, like, these Americans really do love being on hard courts. And they also seem to like being at home, which yeah. I'm sure maybe you could say of everybody. But it seems more true of the Americans who like I've been talking about to their detriment, I think don't spend a ton of time on other surfaces. So when they finally do get back to the hard courts, they're like, I guess, super pumped about it. Plus they can have, you know, Applebee's to your point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So everyone's pretty excited about it. It should be a should... huge advantage in ranking, right? It should be absolutely huge to be in your country for a season of the year, basically. Yeah, it should be. And you'd think that they would be doing better because of it. Yeah. Well, they did super well in Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta was not a problem for American men. No, I mean, also, like, wasn't the field, like, 60% American men? Yeah, I mean, Ryan Harrison was the fourth seed, so, yeah. you know. You know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people on Twitter were sort of boycotting that final because it was both two, like, Trump dudes. Oh, wow. Not to make a political crisp, but, you know, you can't escape it in our times, in nope. the times in which we're living. And, and not at the Atlanta Open, for sure. Uh, Ryan Harrison really dug out a win against Edmonds and. uh the, uh -huh. the the English guy Harrison has a weird not pretty game, but like uh, I don't know I haven't watched him that that many times, but he really uh, dug deep for an, an ugly win there. Don't you think he actually has one of the most American games of all? I think more than Jack Sock, really? No, 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 not more than okay, not more than Jack Sock, but okay. the very similar game to Jack Sock. Sure. Like a big spinny forehand, kind of yeah. like a big muscly sort of approach to baseline tennis. Yeah. Um, a little stiff on you the know. backhand. Yep. Yeah, a little stiff on the backhand, like that straight arm right. across the body. Andy Roddick, they were like, we all yeah. want to hit, hit backhands like Andy Roddick, even though that is by a wide margin his weakest shot. <laughs> yeah, like... they should have learned to volley like Andy Roddick, and then they'd be doing better. Because yes. Andy Roddick, don't forget, was actually like a very adept serum volleyer. Um, in the Hall of Fame? Thing, yeah. In the Hall of Fame, newly in the Hall of Fame, um, along you, with Kim Kleisters. Did you see in his speech he said that uh, the first text he saw on the morning that he was inducted was from Federer? That's awesome. Classy guy. He was like, it's really, hard, really hard not to like him. It's like, wow, because he, and then a lot, sorry, but like a lot of his speech was about how like, this is still meaningful. I'm not going to take this for granted. And I wasn't one of the best, you know, players in my era, but there were a lot of great players in my era. Like, I feel like Andy Roddick's like, a, like a balanced, happy person. I think so too. And yeah. he, the one thing that I took away from that was he gave um, a lot of attention and care to the words he said about his fellow inductee Kim Kleisters. Yes. Yep. Um, and he didn't have to just like on Twitter, he doesn't have to sort of advocate for women or get involved in any kind of political discussions. And to, to say he does it, you know, in a very sort of overt manner would maybe not be a completely accurate characterization, but like, I, th I mean, he seems like a happy balanced person who's thoughtful and, you know, God knows there's plenty of former athletes. Well, there's plenty of current athletes who, who don't hold a candle to that. And like, I didn't love his game when he played, right? but you know, God love him. Yeah. Uh, and he's now in the hall of fame and he's a dad and he wore a cool car shirt. Cause his kid told him to wear a car shirt. Yeah. I loved the whole thing. I was into it. Right. And he said uh, about 
placers, he was like, you know, if you don't get along with her. I have a problem with you. Yeah, like, oh, right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Love it. Also, it was kind of cool to see, like, the dude's champion overshadowed by the lady's champion. Because Kim Placers, by all accounts, even though she kind of had a, you know, she played her first swing of her career, won some Grand Slams, took a break to be a mom, and then came back and won uh, a few more. Like, yep. pretty awesome. Right. Pretty amazing uh, athlete. Yeah. Yeah, amazing Maybe. athlete. I'll just—I'll never forget her like doing the splits I while remember. like hitting a, a winner. Remember that? Yep, that was like her thing. The splits was like her thing. Like in the same way that Kerber has that thing where she like gets really, re re really low and like redirects her uh, f forehand. Yeah, it's good to have a signature shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let's come back to that because I want to know. I think my signature—I uh, think my signature shot has become something that I don't want it to to be, but. Uh, you know, this is this is more about my own personal travails with the game. Um, I want to tell you desperation volley in no man's land. That's your thing. <laughs> desperation volley because I'm too old to get all the way up to the net, <laughs> right at the feet. Yeah. Um, I want to tell you something really exciting and fun that's happened. Sure. Go. As of yesterday, July 31st, 2017, the WTA streaming tennis woes have appeared to be uh, over. There is a new streaming service called WTA TV that. I have now paid $75 to watch on an annual basis that shows you all the matches all the time. Yep. It's amazing it's taken this long. Uh, it's also amazing it's taken this long for you to figure out streaming. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, you know what? You totally got out of giving me a, like in-person tutorial. <laughs> I did. I did. I mean, it's like you're someone who's waited a, long a, enough. A print-only magazine. Like I wasn't sure this was ever going to happen on the stream uh, front. I'm so embarrassed. I've been I've become a luddite. Uh, it feels like too young, you know, to retreat into my gold bar television advertisements with like walk-in tubs, but. Sure. I barely escaped that fate because now I've figured out how to stream because they made it very easy. Yeah. And it's really good. And they have all these archival matches from uh, the rest of uh, the year. Not like the rest of history. I couldn't like fire up a Gabrielle Sabatini match. Right. But that's why we have YouTube. Yeah. And that's why they have YouTube. Exactly. So I'm like delighted with it. Um, and it's been a long time coming because essentially since the Tennis Channel did not get the rights to the WTA, only the ATP, you've, we've been in a like yeah. a dark period basically i think for the entirety of 2017 maybe even but before that uh watching women's tennis matches which sucks because like i frankly prefer them almost all the time right. to men's yeah. so it's great want to know the best part what's that a lot of and i think i mean it's early to tell it's day two um a lot of the commentators so far have been british uh-huh which is amazing <laughs> ringers yeah they know yeah what doing. they got Exactly. Everything sounds better in British, more well considered, uh, and they deal with disappointment so well. You know, like a uh, a frustrating end for Maria Sharapova. You know, like it's, it's like they they a troubling service like, game. Yeah. Exactly. There's so much empathy in the linguistic choices. I don't think it's actual empathy, but it's just linguistically they're they're aligning themselves with the players' sort of psyche. Um, although there are some kind of like unforced errors on the part of the commentators. Like I was watching the Bank of America Classic uh, earlier today, and the commentator said it was at the University of Stanford. <laughs> not a huge deal no nope. but enough right yes enough i don't need an american to put up with those kind of errors but it is was funny right right i mean just more just having more announcers like hearing more voices i think is great because in the u.s like we have some good announcers but they're kind of the only ones you hear i, I mean i mean like in the middle this is the time of year where they do dig a little deeper on the bench because there are so many tournaments but mm -hmm. like i'm 
totally happy with uh, with McEnroe and whoever they're sticking him with at the moment. But, wait, wait, wait. Um, you're totally happy with McEnroe? Uh, I do, I'm not even going to get into that. I just want to confirm that you said that and uh, you actually mean. I... Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think compared to the other announcers, like I feel like he'll be more audi- uh, more honest about stuff, about the mental part of the game, take more chances. Um, although, interestingly, when he works on English television, from what I've seen, he's a lot more uh, he's a lot more reticent and polite. Do you think it's expectations? I think so. I think so be- be- because um, it's just it's just kind of a role to play. Right. I mean, yeah. And 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 also it's it's often a three man booth in the U.S. And over there, he's just with one person. And I think that makes a difference. He can go like full color man when he's when he's in the U.S., which I think is worse. I don't and I think leads him to say a bunch of dumb stuff. Yeah. Really? Just yeah. Not even dumb stuff. Just like if unnecessarily incendiary stuff or overly simplistic stuff, that's my issue with him. It's not that he doesn't have insight or doesn't have like access. Cause I think he does in both cases. It's that he chooses sometimes to kind of dismissively play McEnroe. It's like, ah, it's just nerves. It's like, no, 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 that's actually not enlightening, nor is it po- probably true. And also there's a nuanced, better way to understand this. And maybe you're just playing that's the character true. of John McEnroe for us, but do the, do the harder thing, which is try to actually explain having been a player or having been a coach of Milos Raonic now for uh, on and off for a couple of years. You know, draw on your actual knowledge to inform us what that might mean. Yeah. Because it and he doesn't go that. So I'm delighted to hear. You know, in other countries, maybe the the he feels less pressure maybe to to do that as yeah. a thing. That might be right. I mean, I just like okay. Look, I think it's all down to now that I'm thinking about it the fact that when a match is clear, yeah, gonna make you fucking defend this I, position. sure okay the one thing that that i like that i think redeems everything else is when a match is clearly over he will call it out like when someone gets broken for the second time yeah, in the second set against a better player <laughs> he's just like fuck the ratings let's move on to the next match yeah and not only that but he calls them out in a way that is other people find like have too much politeness right. to uh call out which yeah. actually brings me back to WTA TV. One of the best parts about watching the WTA as opposed to the men's side, and we can disagree about this, although I don't know if we do disagree, uh, about coaching, on-court coaching. Because mm-hmm. as you know, um, women are allowed to get coached at WTA events. They're not allowed to get coached at ITF events, which are the Grand Slams. Yeah. So that's why you don't see coaches during, like, you know, obviously the US Open or Wimbledon. But at the other tournaments, they are, and they can call for coaches, and they're mic'd. So it was amazing today. Sloane Stevens was dropping F-bombs left, right, and center in her Halep match. Her coach came on and basically was trying to get her to, like, get her head back in the match. She was like, she's fucking pushing in the fucking floor. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Amazing. And then at one point, I was watching the Heather Watson match after that, and some fan did something. And she said in her incredibly cute British accent, like, oh, my Christ, you know, to the umpire. It was just, like, such fun little things that I'm getting that I would never get, you know, where the streaming service not set up. So... That to me is so, so, so fun and additive ultimately because you get to hear what they're being coached by. I think it's useful as a commentator to understand the way that we do, you know, uh, other sports where we can hear the headphones of the coaches from time to time. You know, I think it just brings us closer to the action. So from a commentating, like from a spectating perspective, on-court coaching is awesome to me. Yeah. And then also I think, you know, like we've talked about before, I think it does at least have the vast potential to in- improve the play on the court. Yeah, and so like anything that contributes to the better right. sort of viewing experience in my mind is worth it. I think we definitely have the same 
feeling about that. I just want to return to the thing. Like, <laughs> she called her a pusher. That feels like such a high school move. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's she's awesome. pushing. Yeah, you guys are professionals. She's trying to win the match. Like, it's right. so weird. <laughs> also, I mean, how? I, I mean, she doesn't hit lasers, but no. she was hitting pretty consistently inches within the baseline with right. full extension. Right. Maybe if you're a pro athlete and. You know, you see a 90 mile an hour forehand, but you're used to seeing a 100 mile. I don't know. Like, it felt like such an arbitrary comment. It was, a, do you remember that term treeing? Did you use that? No, I didn't. You never, have you heard it? No, I haven't. This is. Oh, like, oh, this guy's treeing out of his mind right now. What does that mean? It means um, the connotation of it means that, like, luck has oh, taken. Right. And yep. this person is just, like, basically has their eyes closed and is somehow painting the lines. Yeah. Wow, no, I had I hadn't heard that. Oh, that's such a specific memory of mine, and I've huh. seen people sort of cluster up on Twitter about when they first heard it and where it's from. Um, so it was definitely a thing, maybe okay. not everyone. Yeah, no, no, I I remember sort of the thing would be like on his best day he couldn't beat this other person. There was a lot of like on his best day, you know wow. what I mean? What yeah. a great meaningless exactly. Idea. You know, uh, one time I was so I was uh, the number one player at a very bad high school for tennis, and we we would play rich high schools on the main line in Philly, and um, and one time I beat a guy for a set, and it was probably the first time someone, a uh, number one player from my high school, had taken a set from this guy. It was mm. clear I wasn't going to beat him for the match, uh, but I heard him. Uh, but it rained, and it meant that we had to play later in the season, um, mm. and I heard him off. Uh, walking off the court tell his coach i can't believe this garbage is still with me whoa <laughs> i was like wow and i was like too young to get like totally enraged like it did get in my head a little bit because it's so horrible you're not ready for it you know what i mean yeah right yeah like anyway. what a gut but a gut punch yeah total gut punch. yeah oh, amazing yeah. yeah complaining about your opponent just seems so high school and it was kind of amazing to just hear a Heather Watson complaining about the crowd in a way that is totally relatable, but yeah. also funny because it was like a sort of a Britishism. Yeah. And then B hearing Sloane Stevens sort of like casually denigrate her opponent, who's like <laughs> by the way the number two player in the world. Right, like, right, far better than her. <laughs> far better. At least than her. by rankings yeah. and right. every other measure probably. Right. Uh, you know, career success, etc. To call her a pusher, it was just like whoa. Yeah, anyway, nice. so here's my pretty much wholehearted endorsement of WTA TV, if only for the Britishisms of the commentators and the on-court microphones. Yeah. It's amazing, Chris. And it's staved me from really ever having to learn how to properly stream anything. <laughs> so do you have it on your phone? No. So this is the downside. I have, in fact, watched it on a browser on my phone, wow. but it does not yet have an app, which it probably should. Okay. Uh, and do you know how to download apps? All right. <laughs> Just if it felt like you needed to get that one in. All right, yes. This is very exciting. Also because it's crazy. it was crazy that you couldn't – I mean, with all the weird uh, sports that you can watch through Watch ESPN, the fact that you really couldn't watch very many women's matches at all was crazy. And when it's clay court season, you are going to be loving this. I, I, I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, I sleep such weird hours because I have a kid, so the idea that I could refresh my phone and see some – meaningful tenant oh, oh. It's, it's gonna contribute even more to my insomnia but it's gonna be amazing right and you and you have international travel on your job it's watching it in airports it's gonna be great chris the world's my oyster <laughs> it just keeps getting better so uh caitlin one more thing before we go which is that you sent me an alarming very alarming text message about maybe um maybe ruining your reputation in the tennis world um let's talk about it well, that's heavily editorialized on your part. 
<laughs> uh, I think it other... could really solidify my reputation as being a maverick, a cool maverick <laughs> in the tennis world. Um, so yeah, so you got uh, you got uh, offered some drugs. I did. I did. The, when you say it like that, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> it sounds like an after school special, and right. I was hanging out like near the bleachers. Yeah. So. When I was in D.C. this past weekend, I saw Racket Magazine contributor, No Challenges Remaining co-host, and all-around funny, nice person, Ben Rothenberg. I brought him a present, which was a bunch of magazines, because apparently he's friends with Pam Shriver, and he's going to give Pam Shriver an issue for us, because she figures prominently in the current issue, she's spinning a ball, a basketball on her finger, a la Harlem Globetrotter, as an aside. Anyway, so... (laughs) <laughs> we met up. He met my kid. He met my wife. We hung out for a bit. It was fun. And he was like, oh, I have a present for you. I brought it back from Latvia. I was like, cool. What could possibly be from Latvia for me? And it, he handed it to me. Um, and it's this yellow box called Mildronauts Grindex, 250 milligrams. None of this is making sense or registering to me until I saw the generic drug name, Melodonium Dehydrisium. Wow. Melodonium. Wow. Notably, the drug that got Maria Sharapova banned for nearly one year. Right. Now, was was he suggesting you take this, or was this like a novel? Was this like the bobblehead of drugs? Uh, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm still not sure how to interpret it, but yeah. I think I'm going to take it. Yeah. This isn't like creatine where you get stronger. It's more for like aerobic endurance shit, right? That's my understanding. So, yeah. by the way, I immediately showed it to Claire, my wife, uh-huh. uh, as listeners to the pod know her as. And I was like, oh, Ben gave this to me. I think I'm going to take it. She's like, what a fucking dummy you are. What are you even talking about? It's a banned substance. But here's the thing. It's an over-the-counter drug in almost the entire world. Right. Right? Yep. Yeah. U.S. doctors can't prescribe it, but it's a heart drug that promote well it says it promotes growth in livestock um but human studies <laughs> human studies have shown there are benefits in patients with ischemia or blocked blood flow caused by a buildup of plaque in the arteries to my knowledge i don't have any plaque in my arteries apparently my blood pressure is very good uh-huh. um so obviously people take it in a performance enhancing way when they don't have a bad plaque in their arteries because it boosts blood flow Blah, 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 blah. So there's yeah. more like science that I could be using to explain this because I have an article in front of me that I'm quoting from. But essentially, like, it makes your body more efficient at processing oxygen. Right. So and you... therefore, recovery, I guess, and, and general physical fitness is improved. And so... that sounds pretty fucking good to me. Pretty good. I mean, you're going to put medication in your body that you don't understand. That's, that's one drawback, I suppose. But no, I mean, I think for uh, the sake of the thinker, Chris. listeners, like I think like this, like gonzo journalism, I think it'd be really, really fun. But how are, how are we going to test it? Like, um, do, do you have like a fitness app or something or uh, like a, like a sport, like an iWatch or something? Mm. A- Apple watch. I mean, sorry. Mm, I don't, but okay. I have that app on my phone called iHealth. Let's let's fire that puppy up. Sure. What does that even do? I have no idea, and I think you have to wear it while you're playing, which seems clumsy. But um, yeah, I don't think I can do that. No, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, how often do you play? A lot, right? Mm, for, I mean, at most, like three times a week. For someone with a job, that's that's a lot. <laughs> Man, what would our lives be like if we didn't have jobs? I would be the best unemployed person. I mean, assuming I was rich. Right, right. Well, I think you would need need tennis, like maybe in an unhealthy way. Well, I mean, you, you you have a kid, I guess. But I think that if you were unemployed, you would just play tennis all the time. 
Like it would be the only thing. You're kidding. Yeah, it might not be good. No. It's good that I have balance. Yeah. Okay, to be clear, I have not yet done this. Number one, because my wife uh, has grave concerns. Concerns I'm perfectly willing to brush aside, but I just, for the record note, grave concerns. Um, And then B, more of my concern is that my team is playing in the USTA sectionals 5.0 championships in two weeks' time. Uh Should we win? And I think there's a pretty high chance of that only because every time we've played in it we have but also there are not that many teams okay we go to nationals which is usually held in palm springs but my understanding is that this year it is in orlando at the new brand new usta facility so i don't want to jeopardize my ability to represent eastern should we be successful at sectionals and go to nationals or just even get disqualified for the former you know right off the bat by taking performance enhancing drugs so today I texted my co- my like our captain and I was like, "Hey, this is a weird question. What <laughs> asking, is the USDA asking for a friend? <laughs> asking for a friend on banned substances?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what did she say? Well, I'm gonna see her tomorrow, so okay. I'm gonna follow up on my text. I didn't get a response. Maybe they thought I was I don't know high on another drug when I wrote. So right. I'm gonna give it a day, let it let it marinate, and then have a full out conversation. But I would love to take it. I think it would be fun journalistically. Look, best case scenario. I mean, again, this is kind of why I'm pro drugs anyway. It's not like you know we're in a home run derby and there's a one dimensional aspect to the game. Not the baseball is one dimensional game we both love, but like that aspect of the game is so clearly aided by steroids. Right. Uh, and also, even though it is, like you still have to be a pretty incredible baseball player to see the ball and yeah. connect and the touching and all that stuff. So I just feel like, you know, what do I know? But I feel like steroids in general help unfairly, probably, but you still have to be so, so, so good. Right. And there's so many other factors that it can't. Like it can't, it can only enhance talent. It can't replace it, right? right. Totally. I mean, if they opened up the drugs that 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 were allowed, and it made tennis ten percent better, would you be for it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as long as there weren't like grave, like if it's well, like, what's that terrible story that there are after school specials about that like make people beat their wives and like have right. heart attacks? Right. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. serious medical downsides. Like as far as I can tell, this is a drug that like. Probably people were not using with the original intention of, you know, livestock maintenance. But <laughs> it's not like every drug that's ever been developed. Right, right. Okay, so so is it is it like a pill? Like, paint us a picture. Okay, let me let me open it up. I haven't actually opened it. Here we go. It's a yellow box. It has um, Braille for some reason on the top of it, mm-hmm. um, and a human form, kind of like you know when we sent shit into space to like interact with the aliens, and there's like a generic human form. It's got okay. one of those. Wait, it's a but, very specific reference. So that that's like to to be like not just for livestock. For humans. Okay. <laughs> so the front of it is in um, Latin uh, letters. I mean, meaning like Latin alphabet. Yeah. And the back is in Cyrillic. Okay. Alphabet. <laughs> the directions. I'm opening them. No English. Okay. Nope. Not one bit of English. That has. I'm. I'm. I'll be honest. I have some concerns about that. Yeah. Okay, and then I've got 20 pills of 250 milligrams a piece. Okay, okay, they kind of look like uh, drugs you'd get in a club, meaning like they're capsules. They're not like DayQuil, you know? Right, totally. Someone definitely put these together. (laughs) Right, it's not a machine. Do you think, um, do you have a friend who's a doctor who's not that careful with their license who can help you 
figure this out because I'm worried about you taking things where you don't you can't read any of the instructions. <laughs> don't you think the internet will help me? Uh, sure, <laughs> it'll try to help. Definitely. Well, your wife's a nurse. Yes, yeah. Michelle. Yeah. Yeah, boy. You want to consult with her? She will want no part of this. She will tell you absolutely don't take. Like if you if you walk down the road, she'll be like, no, absolutely don't. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So in a world in so which I guess you I'll take just it, leave everyone in suspense because sure. it is unclear whether or not I'm going to do this or not. But I do have it. Okay, okay. sorry. Okay. Scenario but, paint. Go right, on. Right. If you did take it, I think the payoff would have to be that you send out send five to ten tweets after each time you play to, to like chart how much it's helping because it would tweets. be wild if it makes you feel like a superman after two weeks or something like that yeah how often do i have to take it yeah again cyrillic there's really not a thing isn't there huh if nope. it makes you way better would it change how you felt about maria taking them <clears throat> i don't feel mad at maria for taking them in the first place no but it, but if it worked really well would you like oh, oh, words, oh yeah, yeah sorry I, now i understand your question yeah hmm Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well we, I, the we, only way I can know is by taking it. <laughs> now I have to do it. One way to find out. Take drugs you don't <laughs> understand. Okay. <laughs> All right. On well, that note. On that note. Uh, until until next time, Caitlin. Uh, this has been a delight, and um, hopefully I won't be a roid head by the next time we speak. Be safe. Okay. All right. Bye, Bye Chris. <laughs>